sir. We wear caps and sleeves at this level, son. Understood? All right, so I will say this. We are at the point of the baseball season, and and I want to know what you guys think of this because I always get this thought is – is there anything better at this point of the baseball season when you have like a, a good team on a roll kind of hitting their stride, you know, it's June, you're three months into the baseball season and, and it's a team that, uh, you know, we're contenders now, that kind of thing. Um, and the excitement's sort of brewing. There's nothing better than that feeling of like waking up that next day and then like, you can't wait for the next game that night. You know what I mean? Like now we're in that like groove with the guardians where like, I mean, I'm getting that feeling. Are you guys having that like over the last like couple of weeks where now it's like, you just can't wait to get to the next day. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's one of the beauties of baseball. And that's also one of the curses of baseball, because if you're, if you're, uh, you know, an Orioles fan, the last 15 oh. years, or, well, God bless you, you know, a Royals fan this year, like the it, the summer is brutal, so you just find anything else to distract you uh, if you're a diehard. But but yeah, man, we, uh, you know when the team's contending, when they're uh, exceeding expectations, and you just know you know you're in for an interesting like next couple of months. There's nothing like it because every day you get the scoreboard check. You know it's not like the NFL where if your team's good, you have to wait a week and hold your breath or. Even basketball, like have, when you have those like four day gaps when the Cavs were good this last year, I was just like, oh, when's the next one? I love that the longest I have to ever have to wait is like one off day. The, the thought that runs through my head when when we have a season like this is my kind of team, Charlie, my kind of team. And uh, that was a terrible oh, yeah. Brown, by the way. My goodness. I, I apologize. I liked um, it. But no, as Fab said, there is nothing better than waking up, you know, having that morning coffee, reading the news, and then it's like 9.02, and I'm like, okay, I'm ready for the, the, the Guardians game today, you know, or or Indians game yeah, in years past. Now. And it's still like, you know, 9.02 in the morning, um, and I have to wait till... 10 o'clock if they're on the West Coast or something stupid like that. Um, makes for a long day. I stare out the windows, you know, contemplate a lot of things. Yeah. Just um, watch the highlights. Watch the highlights. You, know, you, you sit know. there and watch. Like, if it was an exciting game, but if it was an exciting game, like the 11 to 10 game against uh, the Twins, then you go back and rewatch the highlights till about noon. And then you think maybe I should get started with my day and work a little bit. And then you get, you get rolling at around two o'clock. You do like an hour of work and then you get ready for that. Exactly. Nice yeah. Then That's, the lineup the comes lineup out comes and you're like, okay, and you're well, like agonizing. Right. Like, what are we doing? Putting Owen Miller at first base and then it works out. And then you're like, well, I'm an idiot because everything I thought I knew about baseball, Terry Francona knows like 75 times more than me. That is that is always one of my favorite things is the over analyzing of like, I understand that he's not in that. He's a fallible human being that clearly Terry Francona, like can make a mistake. And like he did 
in that one in the in that eleven to ten game, uh, putting in I I would argue Anthony Castro in like a one run game. It's like you're asking to lose that game, and uh, yeah, yeah. until they came back. But like I do love the like I love the endless over analyzing and second guessing of Terry Francona. Every decision he makes, there's people on social media that are just like, oh, "What the hell is well, he doing?" And it's just like, well, like. I don't know, man. He's won like two World Series. So. Today, today someone had one. Um, yeah, I want I want to give props to whoever tweeted this out. So bear with me, you guys talk because there was a tweet today that was so spot on to that subject. So give me one moment. Yeah, I mean, because like, yeah, go back to Maniacta days. It's just like disgusting. Um, and it's, he's just been a, the consistent force in Cleveland in terms of coaching for the last close to a decade now. You know, you kind of take, and I, I mean, you've talked about it, like everybody in Cleveland just takes the Indians slash Guardians for granted anyway. But like, especially him, when you just seen the Browns were a turnstile, the at one point the Cavs were paying four or five head coaches. Yeah. And brought back Mike Brown a second time. Mike, yeah, we're paying Ty Lu, brought back Mike Brown. Bayline was gone after three months and like it's just chaos. It's working out, thankfully, for them. But uh yeah, it's it's uh and, and yeah, he does make a few decisions where you're just like, what's going on? Like like for example, with some of the outfielders we have, playing Fran Mel Reyes in the outfield doesn't make a whole lot of sense because he can just stay as a DH forever and not have to to play when you have a Stephen Kwan on the bench. So and Fabs, you you, yep. you actually kind of touched on this tweet that I that I found. It was from the Guardians of the Land uh, Twitter account, and they said it's uh, obviously fair to criticize any manager, but I feel like some of you need to have ACTA take over for the weekend to give uh, give you a reminder <laughs> of what we have. Tito's not perfect and not above criticism, but he's a Hall of Fame manager. And a big reason why this team is so successful. Um, and I I would, you know what? I, I think you could even sum it up even more concisely uh, to the Twitter crowd with something along the lines of, a lot of y'all on this website don't remember Maniacta, and it shows. And just leave it yep. at that. I also, the other tweet that i saw somebody had sent out and i won't be digging for it uh so i'll, I'll be taking their uh, thoughts as my own but the tweet basically was saying like again it's that same mentality that like yes he's not perfect at all times no manager is because that would be an impossibility over 162 games but there is nobody that prepares a team for the grind of a season better than terry francona um, and like and also, like you talk about the prep, you talk about the prep of a team that is. I think we've talked about this stat before: is that they're not only the youngest team in baseball; they're the youngest team they're the young- among AAA rosters yes. as well. Between the two levels, they are the like, youngest team. Let that sink in for like a to second. Think, to th- just, just and, and you've you've had this team prepared, like. To to have a team of that caliber go uh, uh, seven and two on a nine game road trip that included Colorado, who's not terrible, um, and that part can be a factor clearly, uh, and the Dodgers of all teams, and then the Twins to go like 
and win seven straight yeah. series in the meantime and and be one of the hottest teams in June. It's like that doesn't just happen. That's not just like a random occurrence of like talent and it's just like, well, there's all, you know, this it's uh it it all kind of starts top down. I know obviously there's organizational stuff, but like I don't know, man. It, it's it's an exciting. Maybe we can look this up. It's an exciting time before next episode. Before we record our next episode, but what what's our record without Terry when he's been sick over the last two three years? Pretty much five hundred, I thought. Oh, that's interesting. And then with him, right around that, yeah. I mean, I know, I know, I know. He made the post-season we made postseason in, in the COVID like year, and that's when Sandy was was. Helping out down the stretch, and then last year, some of those lineups and Sandy, and those, were, and, and those were wild. There were there were games that Steve and I would sit and watch. Oh all yeah, three of us actually would sit and watch and text back and go, "What's Sandy doing? Bringing this guy out of the bullpen in like the seventh inning, like yeah." Yeah, like, I remember that. He'd bring Karen check yeah. out in like the fourth. It's like, yep. wait, yeah, I that. like Sandy knows baseball, you know, and but it's a different it, being a manager. And, and, is different, and, and, and it's, it's just hundred percent like, different. Like the other thing is like Rocco Baldelli. Like look, at, like Baldelli, he uh, makes blunders Durant every like, series we play against them. He was lights out. Duran was like yes. blowing the Guardians away with like that 102 degree heat and uh or my 102 mile yeah. an hour heat. Um it was hot there. But the uh funny thing was he moved to like the lefty with like an out yeah. in the ninth and immediately Andres Jimenez gets a double and like puts the pressure on the twins to like it's like, dude, like it's not some the thing about like Francona, I think sometimes that I do appreciate, and I didn't expect this this episode to go this route. I just, it's just something we don't talk about a lot, but like the thing about Francona that I do like a lot is that like, I would say like, and I'm not trying to say like, Oh, analytics this because he clearly buys in, but like he has a good feel. Yeah. For the the game game where he doesn't overthink a lot of his decisions. He like, like with him, it was like, you know, like I think he has a good balance of the precisely. Two, I guess Precis- I was I'm just about at. to say and he always has. He balances the old school gut ver- it, it, with the new school analytics. And there's another franchise in town that puts a lot of weight into analytics, and they've had one winning season in 20 years. To be fair to them, <laughs> they just started doing it. Like sure. before, it was a sure. lot of really bad old school. I'm old just school, to, like, don't I'm worry, I to got find this. some pop shots. <laughs> Damn, you, you called my but, blip. But you're right, though. You're, you are. You are right, though. Like, I, I think it, it's funny because you know I, I think uh, a lot of people are starting to buy into the analytical thing the last yes. like couple of years, but. There was a whole like hatred for analytics. Let's for the not forget time. David Justice gets and on base. I was reminded of that yes, this evening. Exactly. David Justice gets on base. And 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 like everyone always with that team like points to, and it's fair. They point to like, 
Well, yeah, they had three of the best pitchers in the AL and talking about that Moneyball yeah. Oakland team. And like, yeah, that's absolutely fair. But like, it, it, analytics are like, obviously have worked out. They allow small market teams to be competitive consistently. And it's something Tampa does. It's something Cleveland's done. It's something yeah. Oakland's done. And, um, well, I, and I do think you can really go the, the, the extreme old school and you're seeing it within our own division with the White Sox. Tony LaRusa is just like, doing crazy shit every day. <laughs> and then if he's questioned, they're like, are you sure that was a good decision? And he's like, yes, like it was, even though it didn't work out at all. It's like, yeah, but you, you sent the popcorn vendor up in the ninth with the bases loaded. Like, why did you do that? I don't think that, that he knows what the questions are half the time in, in LaRusa. No, he just knows yeah, that he's, he's right. He's just going to be right in that his way is... All he wants to make sure... Uh, it seems like the only thing he ever really wants to make sure is that his team is following the unwritten rules. <laughs> yes. That's really the only... You have to right. follow the 59 unwritten <laughs> you know, rules of baseball. Don't, don't pimp your home runs. Don't pimp home runs. He'll be right and there to make team, sure you don't you know, pimp your home runs. Don't step on the baselines. They, that team's been... <laughs> like That team's been underachieving, but like they are really the only team I'm worried about in our division. Like, I... I, the I twins thought that, are like annoying. I, I just thought don't that, think but the twins, man, they're not like, consistent. Yeah, they're not consistent. They get there. There's a lot of injuries. Buxton's already hurt again. My my thing with the twins though is like they actually. I, I'm not super worried because beyond Joe Ryan and like Sonny Gray, I'm a little like suspect about their starting pitching. But like I do give them some credit. They are when healthy, they're like pretty good. But they I have think, a nice but I think the Guardians have healthy yeah. teams still. Are. Well, and and. Fab, you brought up some points about some statistics, and I want to circle back to that um, because there are some super interesting statistics that I came across. Uh, Buster only tweeted about with the Guardians and that old school baseball mentality. Um, oh, I saw that tweet. That was interesting. Yeah. But before I do so, I, I, I do want to point out, because we kind of glazed over it, like, this team is 17-5, and five, going back to, like, the last two games in May against the Royals. And, like Steve said, we've won seven consecutive series. Th- that's huge. I don't know how else to put it, but that they made up they made up that seven and a half yeah. games in a matter of like, like a two couple and a half week, weeks, like a couple weeks, maybe. Like yeah. that is so huge, and we and and yes, you know we have Boston coming up, which is going to be a big series. Um, and we got five against five games against the, the twins, twins next week, and then we got, got the, the Yankees, Yankees, the Bronx Bombers, but then like. After that, like you kind of have a nice little easy schedule heading into the All Star break. So I'm just, I'm, I'm just throwing that out there. We really um, do. But just also, we're getting lucky. We're getting lucky. Uh, just while we're talking about, we're getting lucky right now that the AL West is just garbage. Yeah. We thought they were going to be, but but because what's good about that is you're likely not going to have to get a wild card team yeah. from the West. Meaning you're competing against your own division, so you can directly control your games against the White Sox. 
for a while. If we're talking White so- wild card, White Sox obviously and you're right. Twins. You're tied we got to take care division. of those games. And then everybody yep. in the East is playing each other. They're going to all play each other 15 more someone's times. Gonna so get, gonna someone's going to get, someone will get taken out. Yeah. yeah. There's going to, and like, yeah. Four teams from one the AL of those East teams among the Red Sox, it. Blue Jays. Right. No. Between the Red Sox, Blue Jays, and Rays, like, someone's not making the playoffs because the White Sox, the Guardians, uh, well, and I mean, among the twins too, it's like, though, you know, someone of those three um, is going to like spoil wasn't, it. Wasn't Texas right in there too? I think Texas is kind of hanging around. They at the were wild. coming on. They're, they're so like a few games. They're, out. they're yeah. a team that I'm, I'm not writing off, but, but yes, like you said, by and large, it is a AL East, AL Central, Race I like that we wrote off. Life. We've officially written off. It's June twenty third, and we've written off the uh, Angels. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> until they get suck. pitching, until I, they get I pitching, would, why shouldn't we? Yeah. Yeah. And Rendon's out. Yeah, he here. just went on the IL. Another great deal. Well, we were God. joking earlier this Thank week you, about man. some like, miserable, about some like. What did what did Otani do? Had eight RBIs and they still lost the game against the Tigers or somebody like that? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> holy cow! Like, dude, eight, eight runs against gonna, the Tigers the should win you the him. game ten out of ten times. Nope, not with the Angels. Ugh. They've already started to like do the whole sort of looking ahead thing because he becomes a free agent, I believe, next year. And there's like that sort of dark cloud looming of like, are they just going to have to trade? Like, they can't afford him and Mike Trout and put together a team that will win. So it might be in their best interest someday to trade like an Otani and just get like this insane haul. And just like, we got to try. With the season he's having, I mean, yeah, they, they should entertain that because they could get probably two or three starters. Just be like, we need pitching. The other thing too about the Angels, though, that always that really like gets them is they don't develop players well. No, you have Mike Trout, yes, but if you can't develop any other young players around him, this is um, what you get. Well, and this is again going back to the Guardians. Like, didn't they develop Ward and Wade? I mean, well, I mean two, I'd have those to go back nice and look guys. at this at like and, specifically and like in Marsh. I know Marsh is yeah, a homegrown. But you're talent. talking like But yeah, those are like Yeah, but you're, you're that's talking like the like sixth dude in your thir- lineup. Trout's thirty years old. He's like thirty one or about to be thirty one. Yeah, he's like, not, uh, he's he's <laughs> you want, getting like, up there. Yeah, and I mean they've never dra- I mean they've never developed really much pitching. I mean, there are some pretty good position Chuck, guys, but like Chuck Joe Adele has was the really last pitcher they developed. Was like, dude, it's crazy. Jared Weaver, maybe? Yeah, yeah. In a non-sarcastic way, yes. Jared so, Weaver probably was the last guy. Um. So, anyway, but that I guess, again, it's like... Sometimes we just you take a step back and you just like look at some of these other just like completely hopeless, painful situations for these teams, and you're like, what an embarrassment of riches, and, and what a privilege and like fun time it is 
to be a Guardians fan, to like sit there and be like, oh, okay, so the Guardians are tied for first as of this recording. Um, they're playing extremely well. Uh, they've got nothing but like good young talent all over the diamond to the point where you're starting to say like, if they did acquire someone, where the hell would they play? And who would you sit? Well, and this was a point that that was exactly the point. There's more talent on the way. And I'm glad you brought that up. I didn't put this in our notes for today's episode, but, um, 93, 92, three broke their, um, their gag order and actually spent like 12 minutes on talking guardians and they had Zach Meisel on and he, he actually kind of addressed that whole notion of like, look, this team is not perfect and we're not saying they are and that a big move does need to occur. And we've been hammering this home for the past, what year, year and a half of acquiring a guy such as a Cedric Mullins or a Brian Reynolds. But at the same time, like, like you just said, Steve, it's like, okay, well, if we do go out and get this guy, you know, what are some of the prospects that we give up? And then additionally, who sees the bench then? you know, cause someone's going to have to say it. And, and, that's I mean, luckily, a, it's like it could be a situation where it's like, oh, if you if you acquired Ian Happ from the Cubs, do you just send down Ernie Clement? Yeah, you know, um, that would be a situation where that would make sense. Yeah, and he can play every position on the field, so that he that way he's God, in every and Ian Happ would be lineup. so nice. Um, but I think t- I think you look at it, dude, and he's a switch hitter. I know, I know, but I I I, I I'm sorry to cut There's you no off. There's no lineup like that. you couldn't put him in. I'm sorry to cut you off like that. I'm just, my goodness. I've been, he's been in the back of my mind. He's been in the recesses of, of my dark trade thoughts for some time. And, um, you know, I I do like me some. Well, he, he really, I'm zeroing in on him as like the perfect option because they control him. They would control him through next season. And he seems and like he a guy who could play every position on the field pretty and reasonably too. He's not going to be a dude that commands yeah, like yeah, you c- 12, 13, 14, 15 million. He's probably going to be like an 8 million a year guy. Right. And d- And does he become like your Ben Zobris type where yeah. he plays anywhere and everywhere yeah. and is sort of like a quasi, you know, MVP for you. So I also um, think Owen Miller could be I have our- to imagine like that guy's on there. He could. I think Owen Miller. I think he's Owen Miller could become yeah, he certainly that could. to us for two. Um, yeah. But and so but beyond that, beyond that though, you know, you look at the lineup and it's like, okay, well, I don't know. I, I don't really know where else to go with it. Um, well, can so I you give you the pitching I, staff and you say like, you know, what was that? Give it, give it. Well, I was going to say, I was going to say, I think, I think there's, thoughts. there's two spots and kind of bringing it back to what Fabs um, was talking about earlier too, because it's all interconnects uh, to that tweet earlier um, where Buster only was very um, favorable in his words, but the guardians uh, current lineup, um, and provided some interesting stats 
but he was he kind of started out saying, you know, Guardians are having this great success here recently, and they're kind of doing it in an old school manner. You know, a lot of doubles and singles and just stringing together hits, and um, nothing that we the three of us don't know, and that you know people who are paying attention don't know. And we've been saying this time and time again, Steve. I don't want to get you too excited, but you know, in the mold of that that fourteen and fifteen Kansas City Royals team. Oh yeah. You know, a, oh, a yeah. lineup top to bottom that's just solid. You know, they're they're yeah, they have the lowest strikeout rate of any offense. They have the yep, you know, under twenty percent. Yeah, under twenty percent, fewest strikeouts in baseball, uh seventh in doubles. Eighteen point nine, I think point four was heading into the today's game. I don't have the stats updated after today's game. Okay. Uh which was that one nothing loss against the Twins. Um if you're catching this a couple days after the fact. Um we have 122 doubles good for 7th. 15 triples which was tied for 3rd. I mean doubles and triples are so exciting and the fact that you know we have um 100 37 plus 140 is awesome. Stolen bases, we already have 45, fourth best in baseball. The team average is 251, which is in the top 10. And we have the fourth fewest hit it, hit into double plays with uh, 39. And our base running metrics were like top five. Um, mm-hmm. On the Conversely to that, those stats, though, that Buster doesn't touch on, our runs, our hits, and our RBI, we're middle of the pack. And home runs, we only have... And, and way out there in home runs, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We have, 53, we, had, we have 53 home runs. No one hit a home run today, so I can say that that stat still holds true. But that is the third fewest, and that has us tied... For third fewest with Kansas City. Detroit and Oakland are the only other two clubs with fewer. So, just right off the bat right there, it's like, yes, let's try to go out and package a number of prospects or big league ready players and get a guy like a Reynolds or a Mullins who is a 25-30 home run ADRBI type guy solves a lot of problems. Any team, yeah. though, yeah, can be can be said the same. You know, there's there's not many teams that would pass on those types of talents. Um, beyond that, but the Guardians to to wrap that up though, the Guardians are in a unique position though, where they've got they they have like a need to relieve themselves of some of that prospect yeah. pressure. Cause like yes, a couple yes. of the guys, a couple guys are going to be rule five eligible for the first time there's, uh, coming yeah. up. So there's, like Curry, like Curry, 10, uh, Cantillo. I, somebody had the list on Twitter and it's, it's already like nine to 12 guys deep already where I'm like, Oh, I don't want to lose yeah. that guy. 
I think Will Brennan is even one of them too. Will and that guy, Brennan's and another one. And he's AAA. a guy we talked about a couple months back as a sleeper prospect. You know, I mean, he's having a nice season. Um, but do you say? Do you go to like Pittsburgh and say here? Here are you know two two pitchers in Akron and Will Brennan for and and somebody and another guy Petey Halpin or whatever uh, for. Brian Reynolds, they make that deal because they, they yeah. still desperately need. Pitch. Yeah, you, you got know, you got to you're you're seeing now that at the trade deadline, your window is now yeah. open. Like it's it it's they probably didn't expect it. You do approach it, differently, but it's yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. I'm super excited for the trade deadline because I didn't I didn't think there was going to be like a world where we'd be so bad that we were sellers. But I also didn't think there would be a world where we would be like in contention for the division. Where you, you it, when you're in contention for the division, that's a different mindset than being a game or two behind that final yep. wild card spot. Like right. because that that holds if you're the two seed, that holds the first round by. It holds uh, home field advantage for at least that first three game round. Um, High likelihood to get into the divisional, and you get to win yeah. your division. So uh, I think that that's going to like if they're up a couple of games, or hopefully a handful of games at the trade deadline, or like neck and neck with the Twins. It's going to be very exciting because I think they are going to be well, pretty. And impressive. here's another thing I heard too this week: Terry Pluto came out and said that people within the front office, and we speculated on this back in, in the off season. When we weren't signing anybody, they were just kind of like, well, at this point, they're probably like, let's just see what the kids can do instead of blocking the kids. Terry Terry Pluto came out and said, mm-hmm. you know, people in the front office told him that they kind of, not to be snake bitten by last year of getting uh, um, Eddie Rosario and bringing back... Um, uh, Cesar Hernandez, but they were like, well, it, it didn't pan out mm-hmm. last year. This year, we're not going to block the kids. We're going to see what the kids can do. And I mm-hmm. love that. And I also want to say, though, but on the flip side, like Fab, as you were saying, now's the time. You know, now is the time to go out and just get that last cherry on, well, the, yeah. on the, the ice you know the, the the cherry on top of the ice cream to put us over the top and well now they know what the kids can do and, and the yeah, kids are and we, and we have a, we have a good idea of what a lot of the kids can do there's still some questions and there will be and you know there's another wave that's not quite ready to be viewed just yet you know with Tyler Freeman and Rokio and even Arias to some extent. I mean, that's going to be a, a a mess here for the next probably two years. Quite quite honestly, Nolan Jones is probably also in that mix. But you know what? Alleviate some of that pressure. You know, yep. I I I want to I I want to be saying in a month. I want to be looking at, okay, what AL East teams are contenders and what are pretenders and which one of the Oriole outfielders are we trading for? 
that's all Baltimore is going to be worth at that point. Is, <laughs> yeah, the foregone. Do we conclusion. get? Do we get Austin Hayes? Yeah, do we get yeah. Anthony Santander? Do we take uh, Cedric Mullins? Like, who are we getting from you guys? Like, who who are we trading for? Trey Mancini. Trey Mancini. Yeah, Trey Mancini is another yeah, guy. Right. Like, yeah, the, the, yes, the buffet of options that we have with the. Uh, with uh, Baltimore, yeah. I just love that. Well, I just to, love to, that we've I mean, also spoken that out into it. existence. Like it's just a foregone conclusion do, that yeah, they're going to trade. I do like this. Yeah, I, I will say this as a final thought: is uh, I could see first base being an option just mm. to give Josh Naylor some rest, more rest, just to give him like get him off his feet a little bit, uh, a little bit more during the season. So, like, if you traded for like a Trey Mancini. You could have a guy that could play a little more first base. I know Owen Miller can, but like, um, I could see, like you said, Owen Miller dotting around a little bit more. So, yeah. um, but yeah, I mean, there's not many op- there's not many options. So, um, okay, well, good. Uh, we're going to be talking about this a ton because it's an exciting time. The Guardians are in it; they're in the mix; they're going to be there. Uh, we got like a month until the trade deadline, so it's going to be a fun time to. Uh, do lots of speculation. Buy your um, tickets, but buy your merch, then, go support the team. Yep. Support us. Don't listen to the other rags. Yeah, support out there. us. Just give us money. Just give us money. Buy yeah, like, buy, buy us, us merch. merch. Yeah. Yeah. I'm down with that. So if you want to send us money, you can. Um, or you could follow the California Penal League podcast at uh, uh Cal Penal Pod on social. Um, and that's a start for supporting us. And uh Rate, review, subscribe, and all that good stuff, and we will catch you guys later.